Welcome to episode six of the Turnkey Brothers podcast brought to you by Boise Turnkey. Today, we're going to talk about couples investing and how you can come together, how you can take those three brains, one individual, second individual, and meld it into your couple brain, your couple mastermind. This podcast is going to be a tool for you to share with your spouse to help get them on board and wait to the end because we have tools to meet like-minded couples and bring your investing portfolio into a healthy light of the relationship. And stay tuned to find out how Dan and Amanda talk about leveraging their time, how they both individually find their own separate lanes that they're good at and they want to push forward and leverage that time to scale their business. So stay tuned and let's take it away. Today's guests are Amanda and Dan Rockroar. Rockroar. Rock roar. Rock roar. Like, rock a, like a rock that roars. Yeah. Amanda and Dan Rock Roar. So Amanda is the host of Boise's chapter of the Bigger Pockets Invest Her meetings. Uh, Dan has just started the couples meetings, uh, the REI couples meetings, and they co-own a 17-unit investment portfolio, including the Cactus Bar downtown Boise, and this all happened since 2020. Now, to kick us off, let's hear how you guys setting the scene, right? Let's go back to 2020. How'd you guys get started? Where Where'd you come from? Let's okay. see. Oh, that's that's me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> so 2020, obviously, everyone knows that 2020 was not a great year for most people. Um, the bar got shut down. And so that was a, the moment where <clears throat> Amanda still had her job at BSU mm -hmm. and we had one rental um, and we had to take a step back. We had a kid coming on the way too. So our first one. Uh, Your our first, first one. Uh, and so we had to take a step back and go, wow, our, our primary source of income got taken away. What do we do? Um, and so we knew that her job could not sustain our lifestyle at that point, and it couldn't put food on the table for our daughter and our dog. <laughs> so uh, we looked at our one rental, and we bought it in 2012, and it was still making money. where They were still paying their rent, and uh, we looked at a lot of other things. I renewed my resume. Um, after evaluating all those things, I knew I couldn't go back and work for somebody else. And so we decided to pour all of our energy and money into investments. Um, yeah, you want to kind of take it from there? Yeah, I would say we, I, when we bought our home, I didn't even know how to buy a home. And so when Dan approached me about going into investing in real estate, I was really hesitant because again, my parents during the recession lost their home to foreclosures. And so I had a really bad taste in my mouth about real estate. So when he approached me, I was like, oh, a little hesitant. Um, but Dan is really good about um, just like sneaking stuff in and just kind of like <laughs> letting it like grow on its own. And he was, there was no pressure. So he introduced me to a book, um, the Burr book by David Green about how to invest in real estate. And for me, I'm big picture, but having a strategy and understanding mm. something and breaking it down really helped me. And then he also introduced me to Bigger Pockets, got me an episode that really related to me because I was a new mom and it really struck me as like, oh, you can actually live a different life than going to work every day from eight to five. And so that kind of introduced me to real estate and got me the bug and I love to learn. 
So I just started consuming every single book, every single podcast episode. And then I was like, let's go after reading that one book. Okay, so we, we got to touch on that because I'm pretty sure this whole podcast is now going to turn into like, Dan, your method of including your spouse in investing because I know that is such, just talking to clients and our listeners, that is such a dramatic proposal of usually the husband is, you know, let's go, go, go. Let's start uh, deploying this money. And the wife is, you know, like, uh, let's, I want that plan in place. So same same time frame okay. walk us through dan the man how you accomplish that because you guys are studs today you know that's interesting that you say that because i am actually probably the more conservative one um when it comes to like us jumping in even though i had i had a rental and it became our rental um after i read the burr book with david uh, by david green she was like, let's go. Let's go buy our first property. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's read another 20 books before we figure this out. But she was ready to go. Um, but uh, kind of my process was, I think I started sending you some Bigger Pockets episodes, and none of them really hit. But I would I would continually listen to them, and I would, I would just think about how it related to her and her situation of being in a W-2. I found one that, I mean, we were about to be parents. And so I found one that it was a, a woman of, I think, one or two children. And she had, I think, 16 units. And she was, she quit her W-2. So it just really applied to Amanda and our situation. And, and there was a few before that, but they didn't perfectly align. And so then this final one, I was like, she's going to love this. And so then I let, I sent it to her and it, I didn't try to push too hard because I always felt like if you just push too much, then mm -hmm. she's going to push back even harder. Right. So I would just, I would just kind of, I don't know, just send her a text with the the link and say, if you get time, listen to this. But I think it's a good one, and that one ended up sinking in. And then I could feel her energy really explode after seeing, after watching that or listening to that first one. And then that's when you were like cool, let's go get this book. I don't remember if it was me deciding to get the, the Burr book or if it was you, but then we dedicated to reading it, both of it, uh, both of us reading it, and that's just kind of set the stage, I think. And it helped that we had one rental that was already making money, too. Yeah. Um, right. I think it might be a little harder if uh, both people don't have something because then it's harder to conceptualize just the idea of actually buying a really expensive property, especially if you live in Boise, they're expensive, and it paying you more money than what it's costing. Um, so that kind of in a nutshell, my process. Okay, so Amanda, you really blew up after reading these books. Mm -hmm. You were a W-2 employee. You you taught, you're, you are, you worked at BSU, correct? Correct. Okay, and then now you're gonna like go deep dive into real estate, even more than what Dan is like, you're just going crazy, I mm -hmm. love this stuff. How, tell us how that worked out for you, because you went from a W-2 employee to full-time investor, like that is a, an amazing jump that I know a lot of listeners out here are wanting to take, but they just don't have that faith to just leap off the edge and, and build that parachute on the way down. Yeah. How did that look for you? So for me, I like I said, I love learning. And so I started reading a lot of books. And as I was reading these books, I was like, there is so much good information. Everybody needs to know about this. And so as an educator at heart, I just started posting on Instagram what I was taking away from these books. And that kind of led to our realtor reaching out to us and saying, hey, I see you're doing a lot of education stuff. I think you might be perfect for this role. And this is actually the host of the Real Estate Invest Her meetup group. Oh. And she said, you should apply for it. Go talk to them and see if that fits you. 
And I was like, sure. And at that time, I was kind of on edge about leaving my job anyway because I was already burnt out. Um, but Dan and I, we create, we love goals. And so when we had these conversations about building our portfolio, he was like, so I, well, at that time I was working from home too. So he was actually seeing me put in a lot of hours at work and actually seeing how much I was working. And I think for him, it started to click seeing like, if she can put those hours in our business, we can probably really explode. And he was right. Um, and so we made a goal of if we get three properties, I could leave my job and really start like this real estate business. So that kind of all happened at the same time, just like perfect timing for some reason. So I left my job and so we we had two properties. We're like in contract in and out of our third property. <laughs> and we were like, let's just do it. Let's just leave. Let's put a time frame for it. And then at that same time, I got approached about the investor stuff. And so it just aligned for me to kind of like start diving into this new world I was in. To kind of <clears throat> expound upon your question, I feel like in my opinion, there's two different main categories of education within books or podcasts. There's either how-to or there's mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, I actually, in 2012, I, I read a mindset book and it made no sense to me. I didn't get it. I, that's not what I needed. Um, I, I read it, but I was like, cool, that seems so far-fetched. So then when I read the Burr book, that was an exact playbook of a how-to, like this is what you do. That's exactly what I needed. So I, I feel like for you, your transition, you read that how-to and that gave you your playbook. Uh -huh. And then you started reading like Robert Kiyosaki and some of these other mindset books that elevated your vision of the bigger vision. And then just combining that, trickling that in with the two different uh, types of, of education kind of formed the framework of, of that. Yeah, I'm a visionary big picture person. So that m those mindset books really just like pour a lot of energy into me. Um, but also I'm a planner. And so for me, leaving our job, I was like, oh, we're leaving our insurance. We're leaving some stability, like, you know, all that W2 mm -hmm. mindset stuff that right. goes into your head. And I was so I was like, OK, let's just list out all the things that we're really worried about and let's figure out like a solution for them. So our insurance, we found an insurance broker and we realized that we can pay actually less for insurance as I guess less than we thought with a new baby coming. Um, we figured like, okay, can we live off of Dan's paycheck? So we literally started tracking our budget, like our, our spending and we figured out our budget and we figured out, yes, we can live on Dan's budget alone. So that allows me like lessens the stress for us. Um, so just doing a couple of those things to kind of help ease the transition to go full-time real estate. Yeah, one thing about a W-2 job is that you, all your, all the systems are already in place. You've got health care. You know where the kids are going. You've got a paycheck coming in. Like, there's not a lot you have to think about, which is one of the great things about being a W-2. But as soon as you transition that to an entrepreneur, now now you have to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So now it's on you guys full-time. So how, do you, how did you guys identify, like, whose lanes were which? Um, do you guys just – Hey, Amanda, I'm only focusing on bigger picture stuff. Dan, I'm focusing on like bookkeeping and budgets. Like, how does that work for you guys being in your lanes? I mean, it took us two years to, <clears throat> we're still trying to figure out our lanes, but uh, <laughs> it took us a long time to develop, figure out where those lanes are. And I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like when you first, when you're married, you, you obviously know the other person's strengths and weaknesses, but then when you start going into business with each other, it's a little different, right? And um, I think both starting into it, we both want to like dive into it and like all know everything. And so we were literally on top of each other in terms of like our lanes and like almost like 
one person would talk to the property manager, the other person would talk to them again. And then all of a sudden you get miscommunication on your like, wait, I talked to them and we've decided this. And so there was a lot of bit of that. And then we actually started keeping a Google Doc sheet of like Dan stuff, Amanda stuff, and just like listed everything we did. And then there was like a joint, everything that we did together. And that was just more for like reflecting and looking at the end of the year, like, oh, wow, you did a lot more of this and I did a lot more of that. Um, do you like that? Do you not like that? Like Dan was doing a lot of the bookkeeping and he was used to that because he did that for the cactus. Um, so naturally that would fall on him, but he hated it. Like I would see him like I'd ask for a budget and figure out like what was going on. And he would be like, Oh, I'm kind of behind on that. And like, I'm like, ah, oh. um, and then that kind of led us to hire our first bookkeeper. So things yeah. like that. I, I think that helps formalize the lanes too, because I did actually like doing the bookkeeping at the at the start. Um, I liked seeing the money come in and knowing exactly where it goes. But I, I think that's one thing I learned about myself is I really want to have a pulse on what it is and how it's done at first, but then I want to give it up. Yeah, I don't want to keep doing it. And I heard this quote from uh, some millionaire somewhere, and, and he said, um, they asked him, what's the secret? And he, he said, um, I go into everything with the intention of going to quit it. So, and I, I think that that's kind of goes transition into the who, not how. Um, yep, definitely. And, <laughs> but for me, I really want to have a little bit of an idea of how that works at first so that whoever we have doing that, I kind of have just an idea how they're doing it as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. What can be measured can be managed. Yeah. In order exactly. for you to manage. And without doing those things, getting out of like that, the 2020 time frame probably was a little tough to claw your way out you know with the cactus not doing so well you leaving the w2 we only have three rental properties what do we do you know but you guys blew up when it came to networking with people getting to know new uh friend groups new investors and just really explode where you guys are at today yes for sure like uh, the quote like you are the five some the some of five people you spend the most time with that mm -hmm. really resonated with me when i left my w2 because that was a forced environment. So whoever was there, that's who I had to hang and spend my time with. And there was, a, I mean, it was COVID, so there was a lot of negativity. Um, and then once I got out of my W-2 and realized that I got to control who I hung out with, that became, and when you become a parent, I think your time's even more valuable. I You start to get picky about who you spend your time yeah. with. Yeah, you really start to leverage your time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, you mentioned this investor group. How, does, uh, how did that play into your, what you guys have going on today? So um, if you don't know about the Real Estate Investor Group, it is a, a subset of Bigger Pockets, and they have a podcast as well. They have a bunch of educational stuff online, um, but they run a meetup, and they have chapter leaders all over the country. There's even some in Canada. That's my little pitch for them. <laughs> um, but I started running those about a year ago, and um, first one was online. It was okay. There were some people showing up. Um, real estate investing was really sexy at that time, so I think people wanted to know more. Um, but then the next couple, we started meeting in person. We would have like a couple, like I would say ranging from five to 10. I, every week, every month I would go, I'd be like, I don't know who's going to show up. And that, that first one, you were, you were sitting there and there was two minutes before the start and there was no one there. There was nobody. And you even texted me like, I feel like no one's going to show up. And then a flood of like seven people came in at the last minute. Uh, but that's literally only been the first two that you were scared that nobody's going to show up. Now you're scared that we're not going to have enough room. 
Or yes. you're not going to have money. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I realized really quickly as people were showing up, there was there was something about this group. People would leave so energized. Um, and I realized I needed help or just like to, again, going back to like intentionally picking out someone. Um, I met this awesome lady who showed up to one of our meetups and I was like, I want to be friends with her. I want to know who she is. She's so positive. She's so energetic. I want to spend every day with her. Um, and so I saw her out and I was like, you should be my co-lead. I don't know what you're doing, but I really think we'd be a good team. Um, uh, shout out to Kylie, um, my co-host. I reached out to her and she accepted the co-lead position. And so ever since she joined, honestly, I think just her like community and her fresh ideas, just us working together, our community has really exploded. Um, we had a meetup last month and we had 30 plus women show up right and we were afraid of ma we maxed out that room like i was standing and so it's just really cool to see how our community has exploded i want to talk a little bit more about that energy that you that you just discussed because it is so true and for those who don't know kylie is my better half yes <laughs> and we were we were kind of going through the same thing dan and amanda were we were learning educating reading the books uh not really knowing how or what to take steps but we figured the more we talked to people the more groups we got involved with the more opportunities that would come to us. And I gotta tell you, as soon as she left, I'm getting goosebumps right now. As soon as she left that first one, it was like the teetering point for her of, I don't know if this is what we should be doing to I am all in. Because the the power and the energy that comes from hearing other people's stories, how they do it, you know, you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. It was just so empowering to her that she blew up after that. Mm -hmm. And it was a direct result of you and the networking that that's involved in in going to meetups or listening to podcasts because you never know which one's gonna click. You may think in the moment, like right now even listening to the show, like, mm, I don't know if it's for me, but like two months down the road, six months down the road, something will click where you're like, you know what? This is the right path. Yeah. It also seems like far-fetched when you listen to a podcast, even if it's a local podcast, whereas going to a, a meetup, you meet these people in person. And so mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, you are, you're a real person. I'm not just listening to you on the radio. Um, I can actually talk to you. I can reach out. Uh, it becomes more real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of talking to people, I know you, I know from personal experience that with the Cactus Bar, it feels like you have done more work in the Cactus Bar now than you ever have before because of networking with people and talking with people. Can you go into a little bit of detail on, on how uh, real estate investing and just meeting new people and be, being more involved in business has scaled your business? Yeah. Um, so since we got into real estate, uh, it just opened the door to so many other, so many other people, so many other possibilities, and just a bigger vision picture. Even though all the renovations that we're doing right now, we had that bigger picture. Lisa and Lisa, my uh, sister, uh, is my business partner in the Cactus, but we had that vision probably three years ago. But it, it. I was still a fixed mindset. I was fixed that I only could spend this much money and but going going into real estate, like I just have a much better pulse on the market, where I feel like Boyce is going. Um, and then just the amount of people that I met through real estate uh, opened up the doors to just newer possibilities. Like we did a crowdfunding campaign. And I would say two years ago, I would have never even ventured into that. I never even thought it was a thing. But because of the context that we met, I started thinking like, here's this bigger picture that I want to do instead of I can only do it on this budget. I was like, how can I do it? 
And so then I would reach out to all of the contacts that we made. I was like, here's, here's our idea. Do you know anybody that can help me do this? I don't even have the direction, but I just started asking those contacts and then they connected me with other contacts and then more contacts. And I didn't, little side note, I didn't know what a cost segregation was. We paid a bunch of taxes on the cactus on 2019. And now we pay very little taxes because of the advanced strategies that people have exposed me to. So, Yeah, that's amazing. And all that goes right back in your business too. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And it's uh, it's not so much like you're not paying those taxes anymore. It's you're using that money that you would pay the tax to hire new employees or to bring in new product or to create new jobs. Like you're doing a yeah. huge renovation on Cactus right now, which has created how many jobs? I mean, how many different projects do you, are you having are you is going on right now? Yeah, that, I think that's a big distinction. Some when you hear people say we we pay no income tax i'm mm -hmm. like it's a benefit that that you give by the, the system is created to it's a reward system taxes are a reward system so mm -hmm. if you play into the game the right way then you'll get rewarded in the right way and all of that money goes back into the bar like you said all of the money that we saved on on some of those taxes are going to to building the renovations and then hiring like with these renovations I have to hire three new people just to be able to support those renovations. And so that's paying those people, that's paying those contractors. Um, and and the cool thing is, is like, uh, we're gonna throw uh, an opening party and we've got an, like a hundred different subcontractors that helped these renovations that we're gonna invite into the bar and say, thank you so much for making this dream become a reality. That's awesome. And to go on to those new employees that you're paying, all the contractors that you're paying, they are paying taxes. So the tax man actually collects more taxes because you're providing jobs. And not only that, but all the uh, material that they're having to purchase to put into the cactus, that's taxed as well. For sure. Yep. It's a way for the company to, or for the country to invest in its economy. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is going to be my favorite part of the conversation. We've heard Amanda's story with the investor. We, we've heard Dan's story with the business and how you guys have succeeded separately but together. Mm -hmm. But now I want to lead into your guys' new real estate investor couples group. But, um, the reason I want to talk about that so much, why I'm so excited to talk about it, is because it's something you guys started together to help reach out in the community because you saw a need that couples were having to, to get started in real estate. So walk us through where that brainstorm came from how you guys even thought it conceptualized it honestly it started because dan was kind of jealous <laughs> um he was like i mean he was so supportive about because this this is a women's meetup group and so dan would be really sad of, oh, i want to go to those because i want to feel the energy too and i was like well it's not the place for you um but uh maybe we could do our own right yeah i would say so i i Definitely supported you, but I said I was trying to joke around, and I said something that probably wasn't the the best way to go about it. But uh, and then that actually forced us into a conversation, and this kind of falls into the couples working together. She didn't really like what I had said, so then we had a tougher conversation about like, what did you mean by that? Um, and then that actually kind of formed into like, well, what if we can do this together? And is there a need out there? And I think we didn't really know if there was a huge demand, but we thought it would be fun to helpful. create this mm -hmm. thing and, and helpful because I'm sure that there, we just assumed that there was a lot of other people 
that either want their significant other to be investing with them or are already doing it. And we just wanted a resource, honestly, you know, just to meet those people too, so that we can collaborate on those people and figure out how they've done it as well. Yeah. From the real estate investor meetup, we were meeting, I was meeting a lot of women and they were like, oh, you need to meet my spouse. And so we would set up these coffee dates or these lunches and dinners. And Dan and I were realizing, oh, it's taking away time from our kids. Like we can't keep up with all of these like um, little dinners and stuff like that. So let's consolidate and create something that would be still intimate for us. We still get to talk to all these fun couples and they get to meet each other, which is even cooler to see for me is just seeing the connections that happen actually for both meetups is typically as the host, you would have to like host, facilitate, make sure you like say, hey, meet this person, this person. And when the meetup can do that themselves, that's a success for me. That's mm-hmm. really cool. The feeling, the last the last meetup we had, um, we kind of did like a speed dating type thing um, <clears throat> where we had each couple kind of sit at their table and then we rotated the couples around and then we gave them a time limit. And we sat out when we were doing that. but And that was the coolest moment. I got goosebumps just watching it, seeing some of these people meet other people that they either really, really wanted to meet or they're just meeting for the first time and seeing them exchange phone numbers exchange uh, just contacts and just getting so much value out of the people that they meet and opening up so many other doors. Like Matt said, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah, that's super huge. And I I love how you guys are taking the approach to these meetups too, because normally when people think of meetups, they think, oh, I don't want to go. I'm too embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I'm just going to be standing in the corner. No one's going to talk to me where you guys take it a completely different approach. You talked about the speed dating and, and I know you guys do way more than just the speed dating, but it allows an opportunity for people to co-mingle together where they normally wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And then to find the same ideas or goals together without even knowing it to begin with, like, um, or different perspectives where you may not have even had that idea, but another couple is doing some, uh, do, taking a totally different approach. Mm-hmm. And yes. now you're able to leverage your idea with their idea and make it into something that you never could have come up with just yourself. Because conceptually, you're meeting with a couple, which is actually three brains. You have the mm-hmm. individual, the second individual, and then the joint mm-hmm. brain together. So bringing six brains together brings you so much more power and so much more leverage and so much more knowledge and experience. And I was one of those guys. I had gone to a few meetups before. I mean, this was a long time ago. This was like 2013, 14 or so. Um, And it was focused on real estate. And I was that awkward guy that would show, most of the time they were at a bar somewhere and I would show up and I didn't want, I hated walking up to, to a stranger and being like, hey, my name's Dan, here's my business card. I felt so weird. So I would automatically go to the bar and I would grab a drink and then inevitably be, I'd be like, look around and I'm like, oh, I got to do something. I got to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and then I'd come back and then I'd stand in the corner. I'd go sit down. I wouldn't really network like you kind of should. So we actually try to take that idea with our meetup and make it a, a nice, um, just conducive space for people like that, that, uh, and also the extroverts that are willing to go up and just randomly talk to somebody. So it, it, I feel like it makes it a lot easier at our meetups. Yeah. You say? I would say we're really intentional. Um, again, when you're working with your spouse, you start to learn that they have different working styles. And you realize that with other people, too. And so when we're building these meetups, I'm like, 
What are the introverts are going to feel like? What are the ex- extroverts going to feel like? How can we build an environment that kind of tailors to everybody so that they're getting the most from their, the networking experience? Which is why, like, we did the speed dating thing because introverts, smaller groups do a lot better on one-on-one conversations, and then you break out into the bigger networking. That's intentional because um, – for us, that's really important because we're different. Like I could walk into a room and be like, I'll just go talk to someone random. Dan needs a little bit of that facilitation. Mm. So that's kind of how we build some of those things. And Amanda's amazing about thinking about all of that type of stuff beforehand, going like just considering everybody in the room, whereas I get a little more just focused on one thing. So that's your definitely your superpower. Yeah, you, you guys add a lot of value to this. For me, just hearing about it, I'm wondering – where do you guys get this time from? Because you've got this meetup going on, you've got the investor, you got the cactus, not even to mention like your how many units you guys have, your portfolio, but you guys have kids at the same time. Mm-hmm. How do you guys, as a couple, manage your entire life? I know that's a very big question, but like even for me, just thinking about it, how do you guys separate the day for each other to ensure that you're meeting your goals and attaining like you know, focusing on your, your 10, 20 year goals. I think it's who, not how, and accepting that there is some lifestyle creep, but being intentional about that lifestyle, lifestyle creep. And to, to give an example, we started to have somebody else mow our lawn. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we looked at everything that we were doing in our personal life and our business and saying, can we afford to have somebody else do this? And is it worth our, and, or is it worth our time to do it? So we were like, well, I mean, I hate mowing the lawn, so let's get somebody else to do that. And there's there's at least half hour, hour every every week. And another thing we did choose, now I, anybody, um, I don't fault anybody for their decision on um, watching their kids or putting them in daycare. Whatever your decision is, that's great. But we chose to put our kids in daycare because of other things that they would benefit from. But that does give us some time. Um, we outsource some other things. And we also, when we started investing, we really thought about the intention of why, what, how we wanted to start investing. And we wanted it to be as passive as possible. Mm-hmm. So we, some people start out property managing themselves. Some people start off changing toilets and doing property maintenance themselves. We, we don't. Yes. Um, we, every single thing we went into, we said, we need to buy this right with, with the right numbers so that other people can be doing it for us. So that we can dedicate some time to our kids. And I know I'm talking a lot, so you should expand upon that. Well, and just like time for <laughs> each other too. Um, we use a, a project management tool called Asana. So that started when we first, so I left, when I left my, the, my last job, there was a lot of project tools that we used. And so I kind of inherited those and brought them to Dan. Um, but the number one thing is you gotta, again, meet with your like person and figure out what their work style is like. So you can have any project management tools or systems, but if they're not buying into it, it's not gonna be used. So you can set this elaborate, awesome system, but they if they don't understand it or figure it out, then it's not a good tool. And we've gone through some transitions with that where I didn't buy into some yeah. of the things she did, and so then we had to restructure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I started learning, okay, let's. I need to talk to him first and figure out, like, for example, when we came with Asana, I came with three different types of tools, and I was like, these are the benefits of each. What do you think? And then we got to commit to one. So that really helps us keep on task. Um, we do a goal-setting session every year, and so that helps us really focus on what is our priority is. Um, we time block as well. That's from the one thing book. And so, um, we time block meet our meetings together at the beginning of the week. 
Um, and then we have like a different meeting where we just focus on one idea. Um, Henry Ford said the hardest job there is out there to do is to think. <laughs> and you guys spend a lot of time on your goals and what's important in your life. And I also want to come back to what you said, Dan, because identifying that not only do you have to budget your finances, but you also have to budget your time. Mm -hmm. And where do those things level out? Because that's a very hard thing to conceptualize, especially for people just starting. And one thing that was really, that really is like slammed at home for me was realizing that you, if you take one year, January to, to December, and you do your bookkeeping, you, you go over your finances and you see how much money did I save and how much money was appreciated? Like what's my net worth at the end of the year? You take that and you divide it by the working hours in that year. And now you've come up with what your dollar an hour average rate is. Mm. Okay. So if that number is higher than what it would take somebody to, let's say, mow the grass, like you said, mm -hmm. well, now you're leveraging your time mm -hmm. because you're paying somebody um, not less or more than what, what they deserve because they're starting their own route, their own business doing that. So you're paying them for their worth. But for you, now you are le leveraging and budgeting, budgeting your time to go and do higher and better tasks allowing you guys to scale as fast as you have in these past three years that I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to bet that person's cutting your lawn better than you would be. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I give like a quick tip for the, the wives out there? So one thing, um, when I left my job, I realized a lot of the house chores was falling on me. And I was like, okay, I left my job to do more house chores. Like, that doesn't sound right. Um, and so Dan, I so I had a conversation with Dan. I was like, we should split the house chores <laughs> in half, okay? Um, you do 50%, I'll do 50%. That seems fair, right? And so we had that going, and then he would fall behind. Two months in, we hired a housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He just went straight to it. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, that's kind of what happened was I, I, I showed him. I was like, hey, I'm spending six hours cleaning. Like, literally, I have time blocked how much I'm cleaning this house, um, just f sharing 50%. And then I'm like, you're falling behind on our house. Tour. Like, we're we're working and living in this space together. And so that kind of gave me, gave me a little bit of ammo to come and say, hey, look, this is, I think this would be really helpful. This is how much, let's do, I'll do three quotes for you so you can figure out, like, if this is a good match for us. And, uh, yeah, we interviewed three housekeepers, and we found, like, one that really fit our style and our price range. I think that also goes on to like something we realized as individuals and as a couple is we realized where we put priority on certain things. Yes. And I realized in that moment that even though I was assigned to these house chores in my head, inherently, I didn't put that as a priority. And so there was so many other things that there was like, nope, this is more of a priority. That's going to put get pushed aside. Whereas she put the house chores as more of a priority. So then that was a conflict where she thought we were on the same page as a priority and I thought we were too, but I didn't realize once we got into it, I was inherently putting other things as a bigger priority. Yeah. What's your highest and best use of your time mm -hmm. and yeah. to be on the same page. It's hard to, to kind of see the other person's side, but your communication that you guys have done and sat down together and hashed through some of these things have really like got you on the same page and being an entrepreneur I, and I'm speaking for myself, I'm sure it's for you guys too. Once I got my spouse involved and once you guys got involved together, like it grew us closer together. Yeah. Closer together. And it's like every day was is better than the next. I think as long as you're willing to have tough conversations yeah. and you're open with each other and it's going to it might get ugly sometimes. Yeah. There's been some times where we were crying and because it was like it was even work related. But we were also willing to come back together and say, I'm sorry or 
I didn't mean it like that. And I truly want to understand your side of this and then come together with that. Yeah, we're definitely over communicators in our relationship. Mm. We'll like debrief everything. So if we had a conversation that didn't go, we're like, okay, could have done this a little bit different or that. Um, And that really works well for our relationship. Yeah, it definitely has. Like you said, our work has brought us closer and I and I'm really uh, fortunate for that. It's really cool being like a third party listening to the two different couples in the room uh, talk about like what I'm hearing a lot is, you know, they the famous quote, uh, fail soon, fail often, fail forward. Well, you're doing that three different times in a relationship like you have the individuals that are failing themselves and then the relationship that Mm -hmm. ultimately have extra strain and be failing together and then having the ability to debrief those failures and move forward uh you get a lot more opportunities to fail which means you have a lot more education that you can leverage and present like a better solution moving forward so i'm sitting here like man being the single guy in the room like there's some hope (laughs) yeah (laughs) i could do this better i just need someone who's smarter than i need a better half Very true. Yeah. So as we uh, lead to the end of our show, we like to ask our guests, what are like, what's one actionable item that our listeners could take today that would uh, get them further towards their goals and what they are trying to achieve? And personally, like just hearing your guys' conversation, if you guys could just give us like, hey, these are the things that we did that worked. These are things that we that didn't work, you know, to further um, that, that got you guys to where we are today. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one actionable item each. And then okay. one as a couple. So oh, we're going to do this okay. three brain. Oh, let's do it. I like let's, it. Yeah, let's do it. Because you guys have so much uh, so much <laughs> pearls to lay out on us. <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah. Um, mine would, I mean, sticking with the networking um, theme is go to a meetup, and, but follow it up and do a coffee date with someone. Mm. Because, again, if, if you're in a big group, it might be overwhelming. And, again, get your money's worth, your time's worth. So don't just go and go stand in the corner. Go talk to someone exchange numbers and go have coffee with them. I love that. Go with the intention of at least making one connection because then you're going into it and you're like, I'm not going to just sit in the corner. You're actually intent on improving at least one relationship. That, that, that's what happened with us. We just had a lunch date. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll go with the thing that I feel like helped propel us the most. And it was more of, uh, so we took, I wanted to create a spreadsheet and Amanda convinced us to just buy a subscription to Bigger Pockets. So then we made this goal of analyzing a hundred different deals. Um, it and it didn't matter what it was. It was a single family, a multifamily, it didn't matter, just analyze it so that we can build that muscle of getting into practice of knowing what rents are, knowing what what the market's doing, what interest rates are. And so I heard something one time that somebody said everything can be broken down into small actionable steps. And that I feel like is something very small that is easy you can do. And it just builds that muscle of analyzing deals. Yeah, great. <clears throat> All right, guys, bring together. it together. Yeah, what's your what's your couple tip? I would say, is it okay I share? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, see if I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I would say build some boundaries for yourself, mm. um, especially as a couple. Build in the time for each other. Build in the time for the kids building the time for the business and don't let those like boundaries blend in together because it's really important that you do spend all that time focused on that thing. Mm. So, so like 
we don't have meetings after eight. We like when we're with our kids, like you're not probably going to get a text with us because we only have so much time with them because they're in daycare and we're working. Um, and when we're working, like we're respecting each other's time to work. That's really good. Yeah. The first time block that you need to do is for your family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and just evaluating what's important. And so I think, yeah, I totally agree with like a bigger, broader picture of, of that concept would mm-hmm. just be like sitting down and just having a conversation kind of like we yeah. did in the very beginning. Like, what do we want to do? Let's not just take the first thing that's in front of us. Let's actually talk about it and say, is this something we want to do? Or do I like this? Mm-hmm. Or what's our intention with this? And just talking about it and building those boundaries about what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Yeah. I've also found that when you do take over one side of the business and you take over the other side of the business, it gives you pride and responsibility in that aspect that makes you want to take it as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. You know, And yeah. if you ever need help, you know that you know you got your partner, your spouse with you that's going to help you out. Along the way, and all you have to do is ask for help. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, back to the energy thing. If if you look at every day as a battery, and you've got a hundred percent charge on that battery, you've got things that take away the charge and add to the charge. So, identifying that you know work and stress and talking with people may take away from your charge, but then spending time with family and your kids will bring bring it back. Identifying and time blocking those out is super important because if you go over the charge, that's when people start to have burnout. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Great, guys. Okay, so what are your guys' goals today? Where, what are you trying to aspire to? What, what's the next big thing for Dan and Amanda? We created a company called Generational Wealth Ventures, and our bigger goal would be to – and it, it falls into everything that we're doing of helping other people realize that you don't have to do this alone and then just educating people on financial literacy uh, mm-hmm. through the use of real estate. Yeah. So I – and personally, I guess we want to definitely grow a portfolio. So we're trying to scale up more into we're a smaller multifamily. So we're trying to jump into the midsize. So that's a whole learning process for us, too. So, yeah, great. So if people want to reach out to you or get in touch with you or if they have any questions at all, what's the best way they can reach you? Mine is at Daniel Rockroar and Rockroar is spelled R-O-C-K-R-O-H-R on Instagram and Facebook and also LinkedIn. Yeah, you can find me at all three of those places. I'm most active on Instagram, so Amanda Rockroar23, because 23 is my favorite number. Nice. All right, but let's talk about your uh, your investment groups now. Oh, like yes. When, where, oh, how good. how does somebody get involved? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to have to get a bigger space after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is definitely one of our uh, goals. Um, so for the real estate investor, you can find us on Meetup and join the group. And then we also have a Facebook group that we put all of our events but we meet the second Wednesday of every month um, at seven to nine. Sometimes it goes over. Um, and the location right now is Loca Una, which is downtown. Um, but like I said, we're probably maxing out that space. So we'll probably look to transition. Um, you want to talk about our couples? Yeah. Uh, we, our couples we do every other month. Um, do we have a set day that we do that on? It's on usually on a Sunday, but we don't do it like the is it last Sunday. or Yeah, it's just like a Sunday probably closest to the last Sunday. Okay. Well, we'll definitely do um, advertising for it on Instagram, Facebook, all the social medias. We have kind of a form where people can fill out to get on our email list because it's been um, so attractive, I guess, uh, that you can fill out that form. And then the next time we have one, you'll be on our preferred email list. And then you'll get first dibs to getting into the next one. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll do like little coffee dates as well. And I mean, we we love like our kids too. So we'll do some REI parents with kids stuff. And so if you get on our email list, you'll get to see all the events that we're hosting. Awesome, guys. Dan and Amanda Rockroar. Networking and getting out there with people, always adding value. Thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been an absolute delight. This is definitely going to be our most shared podcast. I guarantee it. <laughs> thanks, yep. guys. Hey, everyone. We're the Turnkey Brothers, and thanks for tuning in with us today. Don't forget to smash our algorithm with those likes, subscribes, and sharing it with someone you think would benefit from this episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at Turnkey Brothers.